Hello, listeners, and welcome back to White Hot Glory, the podcast where you can come to learn how to be white hot for God's glory in these cold, dark end days. I have um, a very special, special guest for you guys today. This morning, as I was in my prayer and devotion time, I I was praying for um, a very dear friend of mine who is a missionary in uh, the Native American ministries. And I I felt like the Lord wanted me to ask her if she would want to be a guest on my podcast. And then I opened up my devotion, and the very first thing for today, September 4th, is a missionary is someone in whom the Holy Spirit has brought about this realization. You are not your own. And... If there is something that I learned from this woman, it is that she has served God faithfully, wholeheartedly, and very selflessly since I've known her. And I know that her her service to the Lord goes far, far back before I was born. We are going to have with us today Patricia Flieger. She is the CEO of the Native American Youth Ministries, that's N-A-Y-M for short, and she will be going over with us um, just what is going on in the reservations during this time of the COVID lockdowns, um, how they are still ministering in the midst of this pandemic and um, and the, the very strict requirements of the reservations, there is no travel on the weekends between Friday evening and Monday morning. It is strictly forbidden. And it seems as though our Native American brothers and sisters are more susceptible to um, long-term effects and even death of COVID-19. So I wanted to bring some awareness to this ministry and to the needs of our Native American brothers and sisters. We are all brothers and sisters in Christ. And so it is my honor to have Patricia Flieger on with us today. A little bit of a background. I actually met Patricia while I was getting treatment for my addiction. Um, She was a, a figure in the church that I attended during that time, and I actually worked with her at the Christian school as a teacher for a a period of time. And so I got to see her firsthand on a daily basis, um, and her walk with the Lord, it, it inspired me so much so at the very beginning of my my surrender to Jesus Christ, that I would not be here today to speak to you guys if she had not had the great impact on my life that she did at the time that she did. So it is partially thanks to her that I am here. It is all thanks to God, glory to God for her being here today. But she impacted my Christian walk and my faith so much in those crucial beginning days of my of my faith in Jesus Christ. Um, so I just, I am so grateful for her and I'm so grateful for her taking the time out of her very busy schedule to be with us today. So anyway, um, that is our, our program for today. And also... Um, I got news today that I have listeners in Netherlands 
and France. So hello and bonjour. I probably butchered that, but I am so blessed to witness what the Lord is doing with White Hawk Glory. It is incredible. It is humbling. It is amazing. I mean, three countries in two days. I I don't have words for this except for glory to God because this is the God that I serve and he wants his message to be reached to the ends of the earth and that's what it says in the Bible and I'm just so honored and and in awe that he is allowing me to be a part of that and you guys are too go out preach the word and and don't be ashamed of the gospel Jesus was not ashamed of any of the sin you committed before he went on that cross. He just went lovingly and willingly and so that we would be able to speak out his goodness today. So anyway, um, I am so excited for today and we'll be back in a few moments. Thank you, Lord. It worked. <laughs> it worked. How are you, Patricia? I'm good. I'm good. good. How are you doing? I'm doing very, very well. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to do this. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, listeners, this is Patricia Flieger. I gave a slight introduction um, of how I know her and who she is from uh, an earlier clip. But I want to let you know that... It has taken us about, oh gosh, would you say it's been about a week? Yeah, I, I think I downloaded everything on Friday. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's been a week. And we couldn't figure out how to get her on this podcast and the interview. So I figured that the Lord must have had something happen between then and now that he wanted to be shared on this podcast today for that delay to happen. So has there been anything between last Friday and today that has happened that you know the Lord has done? Um, not that not that jumps out at me, but with my mind, I don't know. Something may jump out at me during the podcast, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you so much again for joining us. Um, now, I know that you guys are are centered and um, based in Phoenix, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And you have how many missionaries underneath you? Um, well, we have, I, I knew there would be a number thing, number question here. Uh, sorry, approximately. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, I actually have to keep a list of it because, um, because just me, I always want to make sure that I don't forget anybody. Yes. And um, let's see, let me turn the page here. Um. Currently, we have one, two, three, four. Well, uh, let me count couples. That okay. that way, I'm not counting. But I mean, they count as each as an as a missionary. But um, 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven. Okay. Um, not including myself. And that's, those are couples. So um, about 20, if you don't count them as couples, we have a couple that are, are single. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So these 20 missionaries, are they the only ones that have access to the reservations at this time? No, no. The reservations are huge. I mean, so I, I know that it's kind of hard to figure out if you're not familiar with how the reservations work, but um, hoping you could give us a little insight on that. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a bunch of small reservations. Um, in fact, around Phoenix, um, and it's kind of kind of crazy how you can tell if you see a casino, there's probably a reservation nearby because it's mm-hmm. owned by that reservation. Mm-hmm. So you you see a lot of uh, a lot of reservations, um, and then some that are that are um, just real small and. Um, so I, I can't tell you exactly how many different tribes there are in Arizona right now, mm-hmm. but um, the two main, maybe three main, um, uh, and there's even some touches into other tribes, uh, but tribes that we work with are um, the Navajo, which are the largest tribe. And I know um, that the the, the Sioux actually say that they have more numbers, um, but it's very, very close, neck, neck. They're, they're, we are the largest uh, in area. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, the Navajo tribe runs in from Arizona, northern Arizona to into New Mexico and Utah. Wow. And um, so it, it's a huge area. And right in the middle of the Navajo reservation is the Hopi reservation which is smaller and the population for the Hopi reservation is, is much smaller than the Navajo reservation. Also Um, another tribe that we've been working with and had just finished up with is the Havasupai down in the bottom of the Grand Canyon uh, with some translating and stuff. So uh, we have a a couple and um, another missionary who have been working with translations um, and that was one of the things they just did. And now they're working on um, some more just kind of edits and mm-hmm. updates for the Navajo language. So, yeah, there's a lot of lot of things going on. But the reservations themselves, you can go on and off reservations. Typically, there I know when I went to California and I was going to go visit one of our students, they had a guard uh, and you had to tell who you're going to see and whether you were accepted or not. On the Navajo reservation, it's not that way. It's just, it, you just, uh, it's so huge and there's so many different ways to get on the reservation. Basically, you're just driving on a road and all of a sudden it's like going into another state. You see that sign that says, you know, now you're on the reservation <laughs> and um, there's no, you know, there's no border stores or things that will even tell you other than just that sign out in the middle of nowhere. Wow. Um, but yeah, there are, because of COVID right now, um, there are restrictions, um, mainly on the, on the Navajo people. There's people who work for the tribe, and they have been told that they're not allowed to, to do any traveling. 
um, beyond the border town, the border cities, uh, which we call those border towns like Gallup and Flagstaff. Those are some of the the cities that are on the outside of the reservation, but they call them border cities. The Hopis, though, they actually have um, uh, guard stations and um, uh, on each uh, or some of the villages. I don't know if it's all of the villages. And I know our missionaries that are on uh, one of the Hopi reservations, they, they have to get permission to have a visitor, which is very rare to be able to get that approval. Wow. Uh, right now, just Why? because of trying to keep things safe. Okay, because of COVID. Now, mm-hmm. I remember the last time we spoke, you mentioned something about the Native Americans seeming to be maybe a little more susceptible to COVID. Do I, do I recall that correctly? Yeah, that's, that's my, that's my opinion. Um, It's, it's like, it's kind of strange. And I know on the news, you hear all this, um, all the talk about how there are certain people that are, are getting it. And they're saying it's from, because of uh, lack of care or uh, because it's in poverty area. Well, the reservation is poverty area, but there's a lot of Native Americans that are that are getting it, and they're not on the reservation, and they have insurance, and they have accessibility to stuff. And um, you know, there I, I had a friend just recently um, in June that got COVID really bad, and um, uh, she was on the reservation, and she did not have care near her. She did survive. She. She, uh, by God's grace, I mean, she just was, uh, we were praying for her and, and um, keeping in contact with her and she, she survived. But just like um, we have certain illnesses like um, uh, valley fever. What is that? It's, it's a a germ that's in the sand or the soil. Mm -hmm. And so like when we have dust storms down here in Phoenix in the valley, um, people will get sick and sometimes people will just get a little sick like a cold almost but if they don't go get diagnosed with valley fever because it just is like a cold and it goes away and they say that and i don't have the research to tell you where to find that but they say that um that there are certain ethnicities that get it really hard and um when they do they're usually hospitalized and they can even die with it Wow. And that's valley fever. And so um, because of the how much how much it was going on on the reservation, how much it's still, you know, that they're having to be so cautious. Um, I just in my mind, I was wondering if it's that same thing. And I've asked that question and I've gotten positive um, answers to it from healthcare workers. Mm-hmm. But nothing's written down. Nothing is is because I think because of just that that issue of of targeting ethnicities as being different and stuff like that that i think that's just a scare a scare thing so people don't want to talk about it well that's a very interesting bit of information i've never heard of valley fever so thank you for that i just learned something new today and i i love doing that so thank Uh, you yeah Okay, now I want to uh, talk a little bit about the the needs on the reservations. I know that you said that they have plenty of masks, but um, it also says in your, was it your newsletter or the message you sent me? One of the pieces of information from you that I got was that most um, or many do not have running water. 
Yeah, there's a lot of people who don't live near, have running water. Um, it's been that way. I mean, since I was a kid and still goes on. Um, I have I have family members that live up near the canyon, um, up on the, the rim part. And there's no plumbing up there. Uh, right. Basically, if you might have an outhouse out back and you just go haul water and you see um, big tanks with with windmills and that's where people will go get their water. And usually you have a truck and something in the back that will haul water for people or for yourself. And um, one of our one of our um, I want to call them a missionary. We don't have them listed as one of our missionaries, but we have vacation Bible school um, at their, at their residence, which is a, a big place. And a lot of people, when we do it Very every cool. summer, and she, she's been on, a, on a zoom, a, a zoom meeting with us, Bible study on Thursday nights, every once in a while. Um, and she, um, one night while we were doing the zoom, she was out in, in her truck. Somebody was helping her to do it. Cause she's in her, I think she's in her seventies. Wow. Um, and they had gone to the first windmill and it was dry. And she said that they've been running into this, that they have to go to uh, another site in order to get more water. And not everybody has access to a truck and to right. a, a tank or, you know, the money to pay somebody to go do that. Wow. So I, it's, water it's is such a basic necessity that we, we need that, not just our, wow, that's, a, that's, that's that's something that I just take for granted. I just turn on my tap and there it is. I, mm -hmm. The fact that this is still going on in, in the United States is bad, but I understand they also want to preserve the old way of life as well sometimes. So um, yeah, it, it's just ahead. not, it's just not accessible. They don't have um, the plumbing to be able to get it out to the, the far reaches. I mean, cause the, 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 the area of the reservation there is just, um, it's so big that, you know, there would have to be a lot put into it in order to make plumbing go out to one house out in the middle of nowhere or, you know, somewhere. And they, I remember when I was, uh, when I was out there with the kids, my kids are in their thirties now, but when they were younger, they were just talking about getting electricity up to, um, up to spider rock, which is about, um, I don't even know how far it is. It's, it takes about 15, 20 minutes to get up to spider rock from Chinle. But they were talking about doing that, and it was costing a couple thousand per per household to do it or something to get a pole to them, and wow. then of course all the work that has to go into to get it to their house. But you know that was just being done just in the last um, couple decades. Wow! And that's just a a little ways. That's not even all the way out to where a lot of people live. Right. The the far reaches. Well, if. Uh, how, what kind of access, I know that you said that there were people that were in need of trans translators. So are there Bibles that are available in translation, in the translations that they would need? Are they able to have Bibles in their ling in their native language? Yeah, there's, there's been translations for, um, for a long time. There's, uh, I think in the 50s or 60s, the Navajo language was um, translated um, into English, some of it. And it, the Navajo language and just like the Hopi language and um, some of the other languages are, are kind of tough. They've got some sounds and things that are, are um, 
difficult for those who are not used to talking that way. And um, I mean, just to give you a, a, a historical fact, um, we talk about the co-talkers. A lot of people saw the movie Wind Talkers with yeah. uh, Nicolas Cage. And um, basically, you know, my my step-grandfather, my, my Uncle Mike's dad, he was a co-talker. And basically what it is, is that they spoke Navajo. They were specially trained. Um, they were specially trained to use their Navajo language, but not to just speak it. They, they actually created a code within their own language. Wow. And so if uh, other Navajos were captured by the enemy and they were Navajo, um, that was really tough because they may have understood the words, but they had no idea what, what it meant because wow. they had made a code within the language and and the language is pretty tough it was a code that wasn't cracked and it, it helped to to win the war so that was pretty cool that but, is very cool yeah very very cool but some of the things that's going on like right now we currently have um the the hopi language which um the hopi people are stay very traditional that are on the in the villages and um but there's, their language still changes, kind of like we have different dialects. If I um, all of a sudden planted myself in the middle of, of East LA, I may not be able to understand, and they're speaking English, you know, I right. may not be able to understand what they're saying. Um, I go to Alabama and their dialect is going to be very different, you yes. know, and so same thing with uh, the native languages, it changes. And um as I'm talking to some of the the people who are wanting uh, some stories put into the language in current language, um, it's it's interesting because to to write it down is not what we need, because um, a lot of people don't even read their language. You know, they're that may be good for those who are translators or who who are trying to do stuff, but. But the people themselves don't read their language. They hear it's it, they talk it, verbal. they speak it. Yeah, it's verbal. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. Wow. So to get the stories and and um and Native Americans are are typically very story oriented. I mean that's that's where you get a lot of things from is a story and to be able to pull the stories from the Bible and to be able to tell those and then create um, the Bible from that, there's been that that's been done in, in the English language to to get people to read and to understand. And it's the same thing that the missionaries are asking for is to 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 have somebody to be able to in, in modern Hopi or modern Navajo or you know whatever language that they're wanting to to put it into. Um, tell a story from the old testament wow and it, it's really kind of neat because if you actually talk to and I, i've heard these stories from a long time ago um some of the older people who were very traditional not native american church but traditional mm -hmm. they they are people who who have been around a long time and are no maybe no longer around anymore because it's back when i was a kid they had not been introduced to the church, but they still told stories about the great flood and about the twins, such as Jacob and Esau. And, you know, they, they have these stories of, of these different things that are very biblical. Wow. So it's kind of cool. 
That's very cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That just shows the power of, of word of mouth and Mm -hmm. storytelling through the generations. That's incredible. Yeah. That is very cool. Oh, wow. Okay. So I know that you mentioned that one day of travel for, of driving for vacation Bible school and getting (laughs) supplies and everything out there is about 700 miles. Is that true? Well, our one trip took us a little over 700, like 715 miles. Um, We left here early in the morning because there's the, um, the, I don't want to say quarantine. What is that thing called? The curfew. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to be able to get on the reservation, not, not too early because the curfew, but get there just in time. So we left Phoenix to be able to get there super early. And then we knew we had to do a lot of traveling because, because the place is so big. We didn't even get all over the reservation. We basically went over um, in the Pinon area, which is near Chinle, uh, which is also near the Hopi reservation. But we, um, uh, another missionary and I, we, we traveled up and um, we went to uh, deliver, because we couldn't have vacation Bible school this year, packets made up that had a craft and a snack and um, the story and put it all together and make, you know put crayons and whatever else was needed with it and mm-hmm. and had them in little separate bags and we delivered them to two different churches that were in that area because they were going to distribute it out to their their family the church family that they have there mm-hmm. and um, uh, one of them she's a she's relatively new to us at NAYM she's just really on fire for the Lord she's and a big part of our ministry is to uh is to bring up those people who are uh indigenous to the area so she's Navajo Mm -hmm. and um she does a lot with the young people um and so we dropped off there at her place first and she was just getting internet they were they were they were out there digging um the day we were there, they were still probably about 200 feet from her house, but they were digging the line in order to get her um, internet. So she hasn't had internet at her place until just like in the last couple months. And then, um, and then we went to uh, the next church was a, which is a, a, a Nazarene church, and um, he's real. Um, he's just he's he's been very creative with how he's worked things with the COVID um, because at first his, his wife has uh, some medical issues. And so he wanted to make sure everything stayed safe. And, and then um, he just got real creative and bought an FM, uh, an FM, not receiver, an FM transmitter. uh, Transmitter. Thank you. Is this pastor on with hard rock Nazarene? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he, um, he actually uh, has church now. Uh, he, he was having it on a weekday, on a Wednesday, because uh, of course the weekends are um, are still uh, a no go because they 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 can't be out traveling. So people will drive up to the church, stay in their cars, and then just listen to him while he's um, he's doing the sermon. And he's been also doing a. Uh, uh, putting it on YouTube, which is re- brand new to him. He's real excited about doing all this stuff and he's getting a lot of really good feedback awesome. on this. 
And let me just give that to our listeners. The um, Pastor Ron with Hard Rock Nazarene, who is holding the services on reservation, is, uh, is called Smoke Signal Drive-In mm-hmm. Service. So you guys can check that out. I'm, I haven't checked it out yet, but I'm going to after after we sign off today. So thank you. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So if you want to hear the Navajo language, um, the go- gospel in the Navajo language, he does both. He'll, he'll do some English and he'll do Navajo. And he's, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's pretty good. That's amazing. I, I think bilingual people are just amazing. <laughs> I, wish, <laughs> I wish I was bilingual. I should have paid more attention in school. It, it's still possible. So yeah, you can still true. do that. It this just takes true. a lot of practice. <laughs> so the other, the other thing that we did too, is we went out to the Rangers, which is the place where we have our vacation, by, uh, our, our base. So people mm-hmm. come from other places and they'll do a short term missionary trip to through NAYM to the Rangers house and we'll set up tents and we usually have like huge like a tent city and um and then we send out teams to several of the smaller churches but then we also have a VBS there too and um we do it all in one week and just do a real good VBS blitz in that in that whole area and it's really kind of cool but um rather than just drop off stuff with her because she is in her 70s and she lives uh she's she has family but they all work and stuff and so it was just mainly her so i i picked her up and um she had butchered a sheep that day and that was kind of kind of cool to come up that but um then we went from house to house and i'm telling it's not house to house like here where you can get out your car and just walk from house to house you're driving and you're over dirt roads that are washboard. And they said that they've not been maintaining the roads because of COVID. So they've just not been doing any work. Uh-huh. So they were really bad. A lot of people were actually making their own roads on the side of the road because that was smoother than the actual roads. Wow. And uh, I think I, I did. I broke my car on that trip. <laughs> so oh. I hit the, the washboard road too hard and it broke the drivetrain on it. And uh, so the Lord blessed me with a, an all wheel drive now. And that'll be really cool to be able to take up there. Good. But that whole trip all the way around and visiting all the houses and dropping off uh, was about 715 miles when we got back. Now, how much time, money, and supplies would you say goes into just that one point in time for you guys? Well, you know, I don't have exact numbers on how much it cost. Um, (laughs) Some of those individual uh because each of our missionaries raise their own support right that when they raise their own support they um people will donate to a vacation bible school fund so we had funds taken from vacation bible school from a couple of different uh missionaries and then we also had uh travel the the actual mileage to be able to get there and around and um we really didn't eat all that much while we were there. We were just kind of traveling and stuff. So okay, that didn't so cost a whole lot too, but yeah. If one of my listeners wanted to donate, if they wanted to donate specifically for travel or for vacation Bible school, or what what types of funds do you guys have um, that they could donate to or they could specifically donate to? Or what's yeah. a specific need? Yeah, actually, um, mileage is a huge thing because um, you're talking about wear and tear on vehicles. I'd rather not just say, oh, it costs this much in gas because um, uh, it really does cost a lot. Ron and uh, Johanna and everybody, anytime we have to, they have to travel, 
my travel that day uh, with everything uh, was was about five hundred dollars. Wow! And and that's just one. Trip. That's just one trip. Yeah. Wow. And I'm planning on another trip coming up, and this one here is a little different, rather than vacation Bible school, because we're still doing the packets and and uh, uh, Johanna at the first church. She she actually. Um, created her own packets to do a second run with it and gave hot dogs. So when they showed up, uh, she does like a drive up, uh, Ron actually went out and delivered and then we delivered the ones over at the Rangers. But when people came to her, her church, her, her place, uh, her mission, she handed out hot dogs to the kids, um, and then had the packets there and they could take them with them. And so that was pretty cool. That's very cool. That is so cool. How many packets do you guys put together and how much time does that take? Oh, that took a, that took a few days. Yeah. We were actually going to take, um, bread and we realized my little car that got broken, uh, wouldn't fit that much bread in it. So (laughs) we, we delivered uh, peanut butter and jelly with some crackers and some cookies and stuff for each of the families and, and, and then the craft that goes with it. So um, Judy was the one that put all the packets together. It took her a couple of days to go purchase and to buy and then to set it up in her house. When I showed up at her house, I was like, I'm not sure I can get this in the car. We're going to try. And um, she you had got boxes of things all put together, you know, so it was it was it was pretty amazing looking at the car and seeing that we actually got it all in there. But we did. Well, that's a labor of love and God makes a way. Yeah, I'd love to be able to just be there to do the VBS and to have that interaction with the people. I mean, it just is really cool. So, you know, I love doing vacation Bible schools. I've always done that even before NAYM. I love vacation Bible schools. And that's that's actually after after one of our vacation Bible schools in New Mexico when I was eight. That's when I accepted the Lord. Um, I didn't do it at vacation Bible school. It was on a Sunday. And I don't remember even asking my mom and dad. I just went up and I knew I had to give my, my life to the Lord. And it was after vacation Bible school. And they, they just hold a real near and dear spot in my heart. And um, I, you see a lot of kids come that they they don't come maybe on Sundays or they don't come on other times. But you tell them vacation Bible school and they're they're so familiar and people are so familiar with it that they'll send their kids. And we just we just share with them the love of Christ. You know, we just want them to know about Jesus and to fall in love with him. And so, well, and just an example of how the Lord works. If you hadn't given your life to Jesus when you were eight, then I would not have met you at (laughs) that little Calvary chapel in the middle of nowhere. Right. And then I would not have the faith that I have listeners. When I first saw Patricia, she was leading a Bible study and just her, the way she spoke about the Lord and her love for him and her faith, she walked it out in such a way that I could see Jesus in her. (laughs) And I wanted that. So I would not be here today speaking with her about this. And, and um, the Lord just works in these very mysterious, very wonderful, powerful, high ways. Yes. So, Please don't ever think that that your witness may not make a difference because it does. Even if you're just giving a Bible study like Patricia was. I know mm-hmm. that she, she had been assigned that Bible study that week and I happened to be there and yeah. it made all the difference. So 
um, thank you for being obedient. Oh, <laughs> praise that. God. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. thank you, Jesus. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing what the Lord can do in your life when you're obedient and, um, the earlier, I think the earlier, the better, but anytime you accept the Lord, you know, you have that opportunity to be able to just, um, to just shine for him, yes. you know? And I, I remember a, a man up in, um, in Payson, when my husband was up there, he, I was able to, uh, speak to some of the guys after they've kind of gone through a little bit and then they've, they've gotten sober and things through U-Turn for Christ and, this one man, he accepted the Lord. I think he was uh, maybe 20, 26, 27. Mm-hmm. And he all of a sudden just got really upset. And um, we were just kind of looking at him like, what's going on? He goes, why hasn't anybody ever told me this before? Mm-hmm. Why have I never heard about Jesus before? I have people who go to church that I've known at our family and friends and why has nobody ever told me this? And he was just, you know, he was excited for knowing the Lord. And all of a sudden he realized people have been holding out on him, yes. you know, and it's like, no, we need to share. We need to yes. tell people. Yes. I, I heard of, uh, or what, but he said that he had heard that, um, he, he had heard that Jesus existed. And then he realized that all of his Christian friends either didn't really believe what they said they believed Mm. or they were holding out on him, the gift of salvation. And he was just totally shocked and insulted and and really hurt by the fact that nobody was sharing their faith with him or walking it out for him to see and believe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of, I, I kind of, I've put it with kids in this manner, I tell them, you know, if you, if you have a a boyfriend or a girlfriend, your, your friends that are near you and those around you, they all hear about it. And it's like, okay, just be quiet enough. You know, you, (laughs) we, we've heard about this person that you love over and over and over and over and over again. And how are you going to spend time and do this and do that? It's the same thing with Jesus. When you're in love with him, you want to tell people about him. You want to, you want to walk in that way, you know, and it just, uh, it, it just something you can't help it just comes out. Yes. Yes. When you're truly, truly rooted and focused on the Lord, it shows. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, is there any other, um, any specific needs of the ministry? Yes. Of, okay. Yeah. Please there's, let us know. There's a couple of them. Um, uh, I know finances is always a, something that we want to look at, but one of the things that I, I really have come to understand, and this, this was when I was working in Payson as a principal, uh, and I went to a, a conference, and it was about fundraising, this one, this one sidebar one, and I went there, and the guy who was supposed to give it got sick, and so this other guy took his place, and he says, I know this is not what you're supposed to hear, but let me just tell you. If you're looking at fundraising, you're looking at the wrong thing because God will put on the hearts of those who truly want to give, to give. And, and, um, if he lays it heavy on your hearts, you know, it's not a matter of having to have the the best fundraiser or this or that or whatever, you know, because his people will be, will be, um, convicted to be able to, 
to just to to just uh, give and and to to be sold out for whatever it is that that thing is. Yes. And I remember in the Old Testament the story where they finally said, "Okay, don't bring any more in because we have enough." Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> that's that's the Lord. The Lord will bring in what's necessary, and then we may have Amen. to tell people, "Okay, we've got plenty." But until the gospel has reached everybody, you know, I see that that is an ongoing thing. And I, I just think about people uh, like like Ron or uh, like the Tays that are at Hopi or even the um, Odoms that are down in Tucson. Um, Murtis, who um, worked with her husband as a translator when, when he was alive, um, she's down in Tucson as well. And and we have Faith, who works with kids on a on a daily basis. I mean, she just is, her 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 and her husband's heart for that area and Hard Rock is huge. And um, I know we have some urban things that are going on with uh, with Judy and Teresa, and you know, just people like that. And um, what's what's interesting is that some people have sending churches, and others, especially like Ron, who's uh, Native American. You know, he just wanted to share the Lord. He wants to be a missionary. He's yes. also now a tent maker because he has to be able to afford to get around and to do things. And so he works a full-time job and then does this too. And so it would be so much better for him to be able to stay at home, to be not just stay at home, but to be able to work with the people there in his area full-time and not have to work that extra job. Right. Um, for me, because of the travel to, to go to places, I have a, a trip coming up this next week where I will be taking food up to some of the elders um, that are remote that we've heard about. And there's several ministries that do that, but they don't reach everybody. So when we find that there are those that are, that are not being reached, um, the ones that I'm, I'm looking at right now, I have a cousin who died of, of COVID about three weeks ago. He loved, he loved the Lord and him and his sister would deliver to, to certain people in the sawmill and, and all all the way back through the back way up to the spider rock area, um, to where I know my great aunt lives up there and she's by herself. And, um, he was delivering up until the day he went to the hospital and, uh, it took only one week for, for his life to, to be graduated into heaven um, but he, uh, he had that, that heart and my, his sister, um, is, is one that I'm going to be working with to, um, to be able to share that experience and, and take food up and, uh, be able to support those who really need it that can't get out and, right. and, uh, don't have a way to get food and stuff. So, oh, that is so necessary. I'm so, uh, Lord, I, I know the Lord's going to completely, completely cover all needs, but um, let me just give the P.O. box to Native American Youth Ministries to our listeners right now. Mm-hmm. Um, for anybody listening, if the Lord is putting it on your heart to donate money, gas cards, um, even maybe uh, a hot spot for Pastor Ron to upload a service a little bit faster Please send anything that the Lord puts on your heart to P.O. Box 12291, Glendale, Arizona, 
1-800-273-5318. You can also check out nativeamericanyouthministries.org. It's just N as in Nancy, A as in Apple, Y as in Yak, M as in Mary.org. Um, and this is a nonprofit ministry, you guys. And and I know Patricia Flieger personally. I've known her for three years now. And and I know that she does everything unto the Lord and, and honestly. And she puts her whole heart and soul into serving Jesus. And she always has as, <laughs> as long as I've known her. She goes above and beyond because she works unto the Lord. So I know that... Um, anybody under her is going to be doing the same thing and sharing Jesus the same way. And so whatever the Lord's telling you to do right now, please be obedient to the voice of the Holy spirit. I know that they have plenty of masks for COVID. Um, is there anything other than water or gas cards or, um, anything that you can think of that maybe the kids need or, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting with the kids. We're still getting out packets for the kids to be able to, to have their studies uh, throughout the week and stuff. But that was, a, that was a strange thing that one of the missionaries had talked about was that she said, because typically you see tons of kids everywhere. There's like, it, it, it just like kids everywhere. I mean, that's just typical. When we were trying to pick up kids for uh, vacation Bible school, back when our kids were little, all we did was yell VBS and we had too many kids. We couldn't put them all in our vehicle. I mean, it's just so much. And would you need a vehicle? What if somebody donated a, a bus or uh, would that even work on those roads? Um, I, there's a couple of vehicle needs. Um, I believe Johanna, her vehicle is, is um, in need of uh, serious repair. It's old and she's been having trouble with it. Um, okay. and we just, we we're constantly working on vehicles and stuff because those roads are so hard on vehicles yeah. in the first place. And yeah. What, what tires or, um, like a food truck, a refrigerated vehicle. Yeah. When we do our, um, vacation Bible schools, because what we do is we feed, we feed people when we get there, we have to feed the people who go there. And then, and then those that stay and work too, that are from the reservation, we, we typically have that and um what we've been doing is just putting everything in a trailer and then getting it there and then setting up the kitchen inside of a building um, i always thought it'd be really cool to have an actual food truck but um and that way you don't have to tear tear down and put up and do all that kind yeah. of stuff all the time that would be yeah. that would be really cool that would that I, I wouldn't expect that but that was that's something that i think is really neat I've always well, thought no God can do that. I've always so. thought mobile. You know, when I was a kid, I I, I always wanted to, uh, and the Lord gave me my dream and a husband who would let me do it. But um, we bought a school bus, and we this was a long time ago. Bought a school bus and and made it into a, a like an RV and mm -hmm. uh, used it for the Lord. When I was a kid, I thought I'd get a school bus, turn it to an RV, pick up people, hitchhikers, let them take a shower, and let them get some sleep so we can get them to their, their destination. You know, that was my dream as a kid. And the Lord gave it to me in a way that was real safe and <laughs> pretty cool. But yeah, I'm always thinking of, you know, being mobile like that. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I will pray specifically for that. Um, do you have a, a verse for our listeners that you want them to pay attention to or any other parting words as we wrap up today's episode 
Um, you know, I, it was funny because I've done a lot of, of study this morning. I was thinking I was going to, um, to um, have a verse for you. And I just, I, I, I was taken to Revelation. I know Revelation is one of those really cool books that um, some people don't like to read. I love Revelation. And um, I think the end of the book is what I want to focus on today. If my computer will get me there. This would be easier just to take the Bible off the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> well, Revelation seems to be where we are at today. So oh, yeah, I'm yeah, pretty in here to say when we turn the TV on, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Or open up the newspaper if anybody still does that anymore. <laughs> what I like um in reading Revelation and the story, uh, let me just real quick tell you a quick story um, while I'm trying yeah. to get my computer to do this. Um, one of the times I was traveling to the reservation, it's probably about 20 years ago, I was with my uncle Mike, who was a Christian. And um, we had one of my cousins, one of my cousins, his wife was traveling with us and she was not a believer. She was, she was really debating about stuff and this is that's one of those stories that tells that some of the older people you know knew some of the stories from the bible somehow and um this young lady she was telling me about her grandmother who she was very close to a lot of grandparents are raising their grandkids and she was really close to her grandmother and she was she was telling me how she was studying and wanting to be a Christian, but didn't know how. And it was a long trip. So we had a lot to talk about. But then she started telling me about when her grandmother died. And it was really kind of interesting, because um, she said there was, she was, she was the only one with her grandmother, and her grandmother just started talking. And she says, Grandma, um, I'm the only one here, who are you talking to? And she says, No, no, there's somebody else here. And she says, no, grandma, it's just me. And she says, no, there's a, there's a man and he's at the foot of my bed. And she started describing Jesus as he was in revelation wow. with, with the fire and the, the brightness and all this kind of stuff. And I, I quickly, as she was telling me all this, I was so excited. I was like, Mike, Mike, get my Bible out, read this, read, read to her from revelation. And he started reading to her where it described Jesus and she just did not know what to do with herself. She was just like, what, you know, I my, have chills right now. <laughs> my grandmother saw Jesus and it was, it was the day before she passed away. Oh. And so pretty cool. And she said that her grandmother would tell her stories of that, that are in the Bible. And she's finding out, you know, she was uh, telling about how, her grandmother told her stories of the, the great flood and how um, there were the twins and about the giants and just things like that. And so it was pretty, pretty neat, but yeah, I want to leave with a really uh, encouraging, encouraging word. Cause it's uh, whenever you want to know what the end of the story is, you go to the back of the book, right? Yes. And so I love going to that end and, um, and I'm going to start with Revelation 22, and it's going to go to verse uh, 12 to 21. 
and says, and behold, I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexual immoral and murderers and idolaters and, and whoever loves and practices a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bright say, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts, come. Whoever desires, let him take the, free, the water of life freely. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much again, Patricia, for joining You're us. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. It was oh, exciting. I, this is all just a huge blessing for me. So thank you so much. Again, you guys, this is Patricia Flieger with Native American Youth Ministries. And again, the P.O. Box number is 12291 Glendale, Arizona, 85318. And you can check out their ministries on naym.org. Thank you so, 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 so much again, Patricia. God bless you. God bless your missionaries. And God bless every aspect of the work that you do. Amen. Amen. Blessings to you too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.